and Beside LMCs, the professional voice of general practice. Hello and welcome to the Humberside LMC's podcast. Joining me today is Dr Veronica Grant, who is a GP in Derbyshire and also an RCGP clinical champion for veterans health. She's with us to discuss veterans health issues and in particular the RCGP's veteran friendly accreditation programme. So hi Veronica. Hi Jonathan, um, thanks for the introduction. And how are you doing today? Very well thank you, how are you? Good, good, thank you. Looking forward to uh, getting stuck into the, the veterans health issue. So there's there's an estimated 2.4 million veterans in the UK. So um, I suppose the first question would be really, who, who are these people? Who, who do we class as a veteran? Thanks, Jonathan. So a veteran is anybody who served for a minimum of one day in the armed forces. So that can be the um, Navy, Army or Air Force or the Reserve Forces. Um, so it's a really diverse group, um, can range from the age of 16 to in excess of 100 years, um, can be of um, any gender, ethnicity. Um, it, it is a really diverse group. Um, many are in the um, elderly um, category, um, but again, there, there are a lot of younger veterans. And I think sometimes the difficulty is um, some veterans don't identify themselves as being veterans. Um, so particularly the female veterans and those younger early service leavers. Um, this is often um, the connotations of the elderly um, uh, veterans and, and also male. Um, so so yeah. it is a diverse group. Yeah. And I suppose I mean, that, that figure is quite striking, really. I, I know kind of going back to my dad's generation, all the men did national service, didn't they? We're, we're a long way from that. But nonetheless, 2.4 million is a it's a huge group, isn't it? It is. It's quite a, a proportion of um, most practice, practice list size. So I think it's important that we're aware of who our veterans are so that we can best help them. Yeah. And as you say, a very diverse group. I mean, every every one of those people is an individual with their own their own story, their own their own background. I suppose an interesting thing is how do how do veterans needs differ from anyone else? What's, what would you say is, is distinct about veterans health needs? The majority of veterans um, leave the forces unscathed um, from their military service um, and many um, are very proud of their service and have actually um, really have found it a very fulfilling career. Um, however, there are a number who do um, go on to have some difficulties um, the, I think one of the important things to mention is that transition from the military into civilian life can be really challenging for many. Um, for many, they may find it's a loss of identity, trying to find their, their place in the world. Um, and there's a lot of sort of logistical things to sort out during that time. Um, so that can be a challenging time. And whilst they're serving, uh, military personnel are under the, the guise of um, defence medical services. As soon as they leave the forces, um, they're under the NHS remit. And that's where we sort of step in as, as GPs and primary healthcare teams. So talking about the, the problems that are faced, um, so there are a, a higher proportion of mental health problems. Those lower level mental health problems such as anxiety, depression, adjustment disorders are more common. However, there are more complex um, mental health problems such as PTSD, which can be um, attributable to military service. From a physical health point of view, um, there are a higher proportion of musculoskeletal problems and hearing problems in particular um, amongst the veteran community. Yeah and is, is it fair to say that the whole thing of um, tr treating, c categorising vet veterans as, as, a, as a special group needing special needs, needing special services, it feels relatively new, it feels like maybe 
in, in, in former years, decades, we, we, we didn't tend to talk in this country, certainly about veterans um, as, as being different from anyone else. Is it relatively recent that we've started to pick up on needs in this way? Um, I think it probably is over the last sort of decade or so, Jonathan. Um, so with regard to the Armed Forces Covenant, which is like a promise by the nation that um, uh, service personnel, veterans and their families should not be disadvantaged by their, their military service. Um, so that's been in, in, enshrined in law for the last 10 years um, and it's working its way into all parts of, of like society really and in the nation and, and certainly in our, um, our professions and um, the NHS. Um, I think that's important. Um, I think it's it's also important from the NHS long-term plan perspective as well that primary healthcare teams and, and GP practices are to be um, better placed to serve um, the veteran community. So I think it is definitely gaining momentum. There's services in place that are being fine-tuned uh, fine and streamlined to help um, the veteran community. Yeah. And so tell us about your role um, with the RCGP, Veronica. So um, I'm a, a GP in Derbyshire, um, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Jonathan, and an RCGP clinical champion for veterans health. So I'm not a veteran myself, um, but I have experience as a GP working as a civilian medical practitioner uh, for defence medical services. And um, also from a uh, personal perspective, um, um, I, as a military spouse, um, as my husband previously yeah. served in the army, um, and he's, all, he's now a veteran. Um, yeah. So I've got that personal perspective and insight as well. Um, so the RCGP is um, rolling out a programme across England to um, try and um, encourage practices to become veteran friendly accredited uh, to best serve uh, the military, uh, the uh, veteran population, um, so that the practice are aware of uh, veteran specific services to be able to refer to and signpost to, but also um, to, to have that sort of um, that culture within the practice um, yeah. that it, it's veteran friendly because I think an NHS practice can feel like quite an alien place to particularly those who who've just left the, the military um, and it's really to try and encourage them to um, seek help um, they are a, a population who are um, known for not seeking help some, uh, particularly for mental health problems um, when they arise yeah yeah, I suppose there is that stereotype of the sort of stoical former services person. Definitely. Whether that's accurate, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure there's there's maybe something in that. I think there is um, something in that, Jonathan. I think um, they there is that uh, perceived weakness for asking, see, reaching out, seeking help. Um, I think there's also that perception that people don't understand. So by seeing that a practice is veteran friendly accredited on the website, yeah. through social media forums, um, in the waiting room, even having on the, the screens, um, yeah. veteran friendly um, posters, it can really help uh, people. It can, can break down some of those barriers potentially. Um, because I think there's the, it takes on average about four years for a, a veteran to, to seek help for their mental health problems. So it is wow. a massive time delay. Yeah, yeah. And so from a practice's point of view, what's involved in the programme? So to become accredited as a, a veteran friendly practice, it's a, a simple online process. Um, 
and practices show that they are working towards um, uh, and showing evidence that they are veteran friendly. So it's often the first part of the journey of becoming veteran friendly. Um, practice uh, nominates a clinical lead. Uh, this doesn't have to be a GP, it can be a GP, um, but we've got many examples where practice nurses, uh, paramedics, uh, phys physicians associates, other members of the primary healthcare team have taken this forward um, really successfully. Um, and the um, the new patients who register at the practice on the registration questionnaire are asked have they ever served in the armed forces so that's a tick box um, questionnaire and then that's coded on the medical records as military veteran and it's just that awareness that there are additional services uh, such as op courage for mental health um, the veterans trauma network that GPs can refer patients to um, and and also that there's that um, recognition within the practice that that people are asked um, have you ever served in the armed forces it can sometimes be opportunistically during consultations or it, it mm. might be you know taking that next step of of proactively um, asking individuals um, so it, it is basically the practice working towards um, showing evidence that they are veteran uh, veteran friendly as uh, when they become accredited a practice are provided with an information pack and an accreditation pack from the RCGP provided with information top tips referral pathways and then um, training opportunities and also um, regular newsletters with updates about uh, sort of uh, developments in uh, veterans health yeah and how many practices have signed up so far so we've currently got over a thousand practices signed up in England. So that accounts for about 15% of all the practices in England. Um, I, I think the last count, we're, we're sort of nearing 1,100. So there's more practices yeah. signing up each week. Um, and really, we just want to um, to promote the programme to, to get as many practices involved as possible, really. Um, yeah. The um, obviously it's an important time of year, November remembrance commemorations, yeah. um, and so it's it's a time that a time of year where the armed forces community is spotlighted, and and lots of people do go that extra um, mile to to support yeah. the armed forces and veteran community. Yeah, and do you have a sense from feedback or any analysis of of, of what kind of difference the program has been able to make? So in um, July this year, um, the University of Chester did an evaluation project on the RCGP veteran accreditation program and the outcomes of a survey um, to all the practices who are accredited showed that 99% of those practices would recommend the, the accreditation program so it shows high satisfaction rates from the practices that are signed up um, it, it also showed um, lots of evidence that the practices were better at recognizing which of their patients were veterans coding them uh, referring on to the appropriate pathways um, and um, the, the, generally there was a, a sort of really positive response from those practices already signed up. Um, yeah. so, you know, we're, we're gathering data on that and we're really interested in case studies of practices that are signed up and have had, um, in, you know, interesting and, and useful um, case studies with patients or scenarios and um, that they've encountered. And um, what's the first step for, for practices to take to, to sign up as a veteran friendly practice? So to, the first step would be to um, access the, the website, uh, rcgp.org.uk forward slash veterans. Um, 
there is lot there are lots of resources on there there's podcasts webinars it can give a bit more of a feel for what the accreditation program um involves um to sign up for it it really is a simple sort of click on a link from yeah. that website um and um it, it's basically just uh, committing to the fact that you want to become a veteran accredited practice and then um giving some evidence as to how how this how you show that you're, you're providing that evidence really yeah well thank you well we'll We'll put a link in, in the show notes and, and help people to, to, to find where they need to be to, to sign up for it. Um, thank you. Thank you, Veronica. That's that's really interesting discussion. There. Um, and anything else, what, what you want to say in it? What would your message be to practices about the, the, the programme and the, the whole veteran issue? Um, I think the, the key things for practices, I think we're all aware of how um, busy everyone is at the moment, the unprecedented pressures on the NHS and primary care. Um, and it can sometimes feel like a barrier. However, this um, accreditation programme, the, the satisfaction rates from perhaps is already accredited is really high and it's such a simple process. It requires very little extra time commitment and it can actually be quite a positive sort of team building activity. Often there's military connections within the practice from the nursing staff to um, admin, administrative staff and often um, the, the team really do get behind this as, as a as a project. Um, so as I say, it can have lots of benefits for the practice and, and best equip the primary healthcare teams as to where to signpost these patients um, and um, provide the best care which can then often alleviate some of the pressure actually on the practice from the fact that these um, individuals may not have to keep returning for appointments because actually they're, they're signposted into the right uh, services. Excellent thank you Veronica so um, yeah do take a look at the RCG website uh, there's a link in the show notes. Thank you Veronica. Thank you Jonathan. And beside LMC's the professional voice of general practice.